This is the Sixers Group Therapy Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a five-star review. We actually haven't had one since September, so we'd really appreciate it. On today's show, the Sixers have gone streaking. They are now the two seed and only one game back of the first place Bulls. Daryl may be targeting James Harden yet again. The Kings have backed out of trade negotiations and a new report today that Brad Beal is reconsidering his trade stance. There's also a report from ESPN from Ramona Shelbourne that profiled the thought process behind Ben Simmons last few months. And we have some trade deadline predictions. So with all that being said, here is first name Dan. Welcome to the Sixers Group Therapy Podcast, possibly the last episode for a while until maybe mid-March, unless uh, we can find a guest host out there who's willing to do the recording and the editing and the uploading. So let us know. I am your regular host, Alex Wynn, aka Nuge. The reason for all that is that I will be in Costa Rica soon for my wedding and my honeymoon for almost a month. So I can't wait for that. The gang's all here including one of the best men at my wedding. That is June 1. My speech, I'm going to limit the Sixers reference to just a one. <laughs> just one. Just one. <laughs> Can't <laughs> wait to hear it. The roster. Who's your Who? other best man? Our best man? Uh, Aaron Chan. Oh, hell yeah. They're, they're, doing a, they're doing a duet speech at my wedding, so it'll be nice. Well, I'll let you guys know the details. Uh, <clears throat> next... Someone I want to wish a happy Lunar New Year to. That is Dave DeBacco. Happy New Year back to you, buddy. And I have to say, Amanda, if you're listening, Nuge has been begging us to do a podcast every day. We've been telling him, no, no, you got your wedding coming up to prepare for. You don't have time for this. But finally, we gave in. And I'm just kidding. We, we begged him to do this. So if you're going to crucify anyone, it's probably me. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that, Dave. I appreciate it. And uh, last but not least, made it on time. We were, we were worried a little bit, but he's here. That is JB Mudbones. How are you? Good. I'll be multitasking, cooking some lunch because I'm malnourished right now. So your, your yeah. laptop is currently on the stove with my pot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. We have a bunch to get to. Uh, we have some more trade rumors with the deadline coming up. Um, some details came up uh, from Ramona Shelbourne about Ben's train of thought throughout the past few months. So we'll get to that. But first we got to talk about the streaking Sixers. Believe it or not, after a huge win versus three seed in the West Memphis Grizzlies without Embiid. And after last night's events, the Sixers are the two seed and they are only one game out behind the first place bulls. So two nights ago, Maxi maybe had the best game of his career was attacking the basket versus, you know, uh, Jaron Jackson, Stephen Adams, 33 points uh, going toe-to-toe with John Morant. Tobias is playing better. I have to admit it. I'll give credit where it's due. And the Sixers, uh, even though they were about were without Embiid, they are 27-11 and 11 when Embiid plays, which is at an 82-game pace, 
is on pace for 58 wins. So last week, I asked you, are you back in? So now I'm going to ask again, are you buying or selling? Are you more encouraged now than you were last week? June, I'll start with you. Am I encouraged? Yes. And I think what's so surprising is, one, Memphis is a number three seed in the West, and we're now a game behind first place in the East without number 25. And uh, as for buying back in, number 25 is still technically on the roster. So, no, I am not back in yet. But it is encouraging. But although it was no, it was January, like our special month of the year. So we'll see how we go back down from this. And I'm bracing myself. Dave, what are your thoughts? Yeah, to answer your question, am I buying or selling? I'm buying, I'm holding, and I'm continuing to, to add to my position as long as Joel Embiid continues to be Superman. This is what we always dreamed of. It's beautiful to see and watch. And I'm almost, like June said, January is our special month. Going back to January 2016, that, those magical few weeks. And uh, I'm almost happy they sat him against the Grizzlies game for the last day just to make it a, a good, a good clean January with no hiccups. So, um, but yeah, and then, you know, they're playing great. They're super exciting right now. Good camaraderie. They're all getting along and, you know, pulling for each other. Embiid ran out of the tunnel after that win against the Grizzlies the other night. That was beautiful. Maxi is, uh, wow, I mean, toe-to-toe with Morant, like you said, Nuge, just, well, come on. It's a, it's beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And, yes, we will give credit to Toby. He is this month of the month of January. He, yeah, no, don't laugh, June. We have to give credit where it's due. He had the, the past few weeks, he has looked like the Toby of last year, which is his same traditional stat line, you know, 19, 20 points a game, six rebounds, couple assists. But he's been – it's like 60% true shooting. He's actually been efficient, and he's had some solid games. However, let's not lose sight of the forest through the trees – he played like this last year and we were happy about it. And then he went back to reverted back to classic Toby in the, in the, in the playoffs with a choke job. So um, hesitant, hesitant to accept this as the new norm. However, we'll give him a pat on the back for a solid January. I, uh, I have a follow-up question to all this after this, but first I'll, I'll go to JB, JB, your quick thoughts about the streaking Sixers and are you encouraged? Yeah, I, I was never – I think I was one of the few that said I wasn't out before. I still have nothing better to do than watch them on a Monday or Tuesday night, and sometimes it's fun, especially without 25. Um, do I think we still can get out of the second round? Uh, I don't know. But, I don't know, big day coming up in eight days. We'll see. That's a great lead-in to what my follow-up question was going to be because June also alluded to it. Um, and obviously there's a, a big factor coming up to how we feel for the rest of the year. And that is the trade deadline, which we will get to, but, uh, obviously I guess it seems to be the, the common theme. Obviously it takes a little juice out of the season if Ben is still on the roster. So, uh, if, th- so basically my question is there's no way we can stand pat and still feel great about our contention. Am I correct to say that? Yes, but Embiid is pretty good. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> You are, you are a couple bad, a couple bad jumps and Durant lands on a knee pad. (laughs) Embiid with a well, very well-deserved day off versus Memphis. I didn't think we'd stand a chance, but that was one of the funner wins 
of the season. Um, Embiid was named player of the week again. Uh, he has to be a runaway for player of the month, correct? So we're starting that, you know, I mean, it's been started, but the Joel for MVP campaign is very strong right now. And it's, it's pretty crazy to think that how good he was last year. We thought he was the MVP that he's even better now with his playmaking and just like, he just seems way more controlled. So I love that uh, much to be seen with the trade deadline. So uh, unless anyone wants to add anything, we're going to get to the rumors. Anyone have anything else? Yeah. Just want <clears throat> to emphasize Embiid for MVP, AKA MVP. It's his to lose right now. You know, it's his to lose. And um, we thought it was his to lose last year, but you know, Jokic kind of stole it from him, which I, I still think is ridiculous. I, I still think he earned it last year, but right now the, the league is on absolute notice. He just had an absolutely historic month and uh, was up there, you know, he was doing things that hadn't been done since Wilt and um, a couple times, more, more than once. And furthermore, I think what solidifies it this year for him is that we're as in the mix as we are right now without Ben. That really emphasizes how valuable he is. He is carrying us. He is the sole reason that we are number two. And just to kind of real quick elaborate on, uh, you know, or do we, you know, as if we're in, are we, you know, true, you know, do we really have a chance? No, of course not. This is all fool's gold. You know, yeah, we're a game out of the first seed, but, uh, you know, uh, maybe half of the season was, you know, during crazy COVID with, uh, you know, going against G League call-ups and, and big three dudes from the big three on 10-day contracts. It's just like, you know, it's, but hey, the fact that we're here, it's fun. It's great. We know it doesn't last forever when it's fun and great. So why not enjoy it? And that's all I have to say on that. Vegas has a beat on her, or the highest, the best odds to win MVP. So if Vegas is on watch, I would hope the NBA is. I think a month ago he was like sixth. So that's crazy how much has changed in the month. <laughs> Beautiful. Great odds. Uh, Dave's right. The vibes are immaculate. I will warn about buying into the vibes because we did last year we did we even started supporting ben you guys remember that and uh it took a turn for the worse. i'll never be uh you know the vibes are too good for this team guy ever again uh but it is uh thank you for mentioning all that dave because that it would be a disservice if we didn't mention that like Embiid with a historical run like having what do you have like 17 straight games with 30 or something or now he's like at 20 something games with 25 plus, which is something hasn't been done since Iverson who had 27 straight, I believe a 25 plus. Um, and to be where we are without Ben, I know we are big. The regular season doesn't matter anymore people, but to be 52 games in and be one game out of the one seed at the two seed is pretty crazy. So uh, real quick, adding this in before we move on to the trade rumors, do we need to give Glenn Rivers some credit? No. <laughs> Dave, you shook your head no. June, what do you think? <laughs> no. <laughs> no uh, it's all, is it all Embiid? I listened to um, – I actually, getting ready for this pod, I, I listened quickly to Woj and Ramona this morning, and I also listened to, uh, while I was eating lunch, Bodner and Rich Hoffman. Uh, which can can be an ear beating at times, but uh, they they were willing to give credit to Doc specifically um, for la- for the Grizzlies game. You know, when Embiid doesn't play, they have to totally change the way they score, and it, uh, we are, so 
Um, if, if Bodner and Hoffman are giving credit to Glenn um, specifically for the other night, then I'll, I'll give him a quick tip of the cap. And that's about it. I will say that I do appreciate his latest interview. Uh, I don't know where it was an article by Tom Moore. I don't know where the quotes were from actually, but, uh, and we'll get to this story, but it was just his response to the Ben news uh, and saying, you know what, I'm a coach. It's my job to tell the truth. Some people handle it well. Some people don't obviously alluding to Ben, not handling it well. So for that, I will say I'm definitely on, on Glenn's side, but we'll get to it later. Uh, next, I want to talk about the uh, the rumors coming up because um, although some of these rumors are more for the offseason, there's also the trade deadline coming up on February 10th. Me and June will be on a flight to Costa Rica, so I'm sure something could happen. It's very possible. It'll be very fitting, very on brand. Uh, but the first I want to talk about is all the rumors about James Harden, um, who has not signed an extension with Brooklyn. A lot of rumors out there that the Sixers are holding on to Ben to wait for a possible sign-in trade for James Harden in the offseason. Kendrick Perkins was on ESPN, or, or I think he was on Matt Barnes' podcast, saying that he's heard that Harden's camp has been relaying that Harden wants to play with Embiid, that Harden doesn't like living in Brooklyn, so he's going to go move to Philly, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so we already had an early prediction this year from June 1 that James Harden will be a six-year next year. Although I, I still think the ways that he put out that we're going to get him were a little flawed uh, by trading Tobias Harris for him. But anyway, so guys, do you buy this smoke? Is it, do you think it's real? JB, I'll start with you. I think the smoke is real, um, that there's definitely interest. Maybe it's a bit overblown. I don't know. Or maybe we are colluding with them. But... So is he he's old <laughs> and he'll be fat with us <laughs> i i can't get over i just like watch games like whatever a couple nights ago with max it i'm like oh my god he's so cool and so young and it's just gonna get better like are we gonna are we gonna buy harden on like his Elton brand years no way right i think that's a very legit concern because like Obviously, if you say you're gonna get Ben for like Hart, James Harden for Ben, it's like that's of course you take it. It's a win, but like us being Sixers fans and this going like you said with Elton Brand and then Al Horford and everything, there's a lot of ways this could go wrong. Uh, Dave, do you agree or are you all in on James Harden? Um, I would welcome it. I think that um, I think that James Harden. I think that I think where there's smoke, there's fire, and I think there's something there, and I think that's justification for holding on to Ben at the, at the trade deadline, because Daryl thinks it's a real possibility. And just like um, when Kevin Durant signs with Brooklyn and, and leaves golden state, um, they have to make it a sign and trade to make the money work. And golden state gets D'Angelo Russell in return. So they don't lose Durant for nothing. D'Angelo Russell and Kevin Durant are not even in the same stratosphere, but Hey, you'd rather get D'Angelo Russell than lose Durant for nothing. I think it's the same concept. If, you know, we were to Harden were to want to sign with us and reunite with Daryl and Tess. And um, I believe that Ben Simmons would be the D'Angelo Russell in that scenario. And uh, it's good consolation prize on paper. He would be the ideal fit with Durant and Joe Harris and Kyrie Irving um, just to kind of do all the glue work and not be relied on for any half court offense. Um, create threes for everybody. So he doesn't deserve that good of a situation, but um, holding on to Simmons past the deadline, that is my next, 
that's what I would see as a prediction for the summer. And uh, do I think we're getting James Harden and his Elton Brand years? Uh, <clears throat> how's he going to age? I mean, he doesn't, he's never relied on elite athleticism. He's always been fat. Um, you know, he's, he's skilled. He can shoot off the catch and off the dribble. He's an ISO guy. And like I said, you know, he doesn't rely on elite athleticism, never has. So maybe he ages well. Who knows? Uh, Dave, I'm going to ask you a follow-up question. And June, you can chime in too. Um, do you think there's a way we could flip Ben at the trade deadline and still have flexibility for the offseason for James? Well, if we just I'm unmuted, so I'll go. I'll go, June. Not to not to jump in front of you there, but I think uh, I don't think Toby for for Ben would or Toby for Harden would be on the table <clears throat> first and foremost. But second of all, I mean that would be if we flip like <clears throat> my favorite hypothetical Ben trade, Ben to Minnesota. For Patrick Beverly expiring, Torian Prince expiring, and all, as many unprotected, unprotected picks and pick swaps as we can get, that kind of move opens up a max slot for us this summer. So, you know, maybe in that scenario, if we if we do a salary dump on Ben and get some get some some picks for the for the treasure chest in return, maybe we can just sign Harden outright. Maybe that's a way to sign him outright. But if not, the sign and trade route seems to make the most sense for both sides. June, have you had a chance to reevaluate your original prediction? Um, what was what is your new evaluation? And do you are you on board with possibly um, James Harding being the end goal for Mori here? I guess my first proposal of saying Tobias for Harding was a little bit of a stretch, uh, but yeah, I think uh, for Ben for Harding, whether it's at the trade deadline. And or at the offseason for a sign in trade is probably the most likely scenario, in my opinion. Uh, I think the end goal, I personally for me, I believe I'd rather have Harden over rumored maybe Beal because I'd rather take the two three year chance that Harden has left. It's much more elite than what we can get for anyone else, and I think that gives us a very short window frame of a title because also I think Embiid's timeline isn't like five, six years either. I think it's maybe three, two, three, like MVP years left and matching that with Harden's timeline. Like even if he can give us 90% of what he usually gives with Houston, I think, you know, that puts us in a really good position to, you know, chase our title. I definitely think he might like, I don't think might. I think he definitely does affect the game more than Beal would. There's a big debate on Twitter today with the recent news that we're going to get to, but some people think Beal's kind of a loser. I might agree, <laughs> but we'll get to that. Uh, good points, June. I, I want to bring up for the next part. You're going to go first again because this news prompted a whoa in all caps from you. And that is that Woj broke that the Kings have taken themselves out of the running for Ben Simmons. I didn't think this prompted a well because, you know, I don't think Ben's going to get traded. That's, that's my prediction. Well, we'll get to that. But uh, with the Kings basically saying your price is too much for Ben, we're out. Is that big news to you, June? For me at the time? Yes. I think, uh, with all these rumors going around and everyone trying to predict where Ben's going to go and who our trade partners might be, I always believed that the Kings would be like a safety net. Like if nothing works out, we have the Kings to get either Burt Halliburton and Heald and Barnes. But then like 
if they're not even going to consider this, then we lost our safety net. Like, I don't know what our lowest of low can be. Like, are we going to get some bonus now? Like, what's going to go on? Oh, God. <laughs> That's the 2026 years all over again. <laughs> um, Dave, when this news broke, there was a lot of Daryl Morey slander, a lot of slander on Twitter line. Uh, I personally don't see why. I don't think this would be the deal breaker that pushes over, you know, pushes someone over the edge if they were pro Morey to being anti Morey now. What is your take on that? Is it is this King the Kings dropping out? Is that really a big deal to you? No, no. It's um, you know, this is all we know. This you know, we've been through you know eight fully invested deadlines now in a row. I mean, probably more than that, but just, you know, like uh, really felt passionate about these deadlines. I'd say the last eight, you know, last seven or eight, we've been paying attention more than ever. And um, I think we know by now that anything that these guys tweet is all posturing, you know, GMs feeding information to try to put a certain narrative out there. And the Kings GM, Monty McNair, he comes from Houston, worked under Daryl and Sam Hinkie for many years and, you know, knows how to work the media as good as anyone taught by Daryl. So they're just having this, you know, fluff war of, of you know, leaks and, and uh, I, I'm not taking, taking everything with a grain of salt. I do not no, no one's ever out of the running for anything. You know, there's a, there's a, and we'll probably talk about untouchables. I believe nobody's untouchable for the right price. And, um, you know, I think this is these are going to be fierce negotiations that go down to the wire. And the fact that there's been so much smoke definitely means there probably has been talks. And, you know, can we can we reveal sources on this podcast? Not not the actual source, but, you know, what, the tidbit of information we received or what do we think? I say I say go ahead. And if it's not approved, I'll edit it out of the podcast. All right. Well, now that I should stress this is not. Um, Fosh confirmed. Vin Fosh did not <laughs> confirm this, so we can't say for sure if this is true or not. But the day of the the tweet that the Kings were pulling themselves out of the running, Daryl Morey was spotted at Stake Forty Eight in Philadelphia with Kings GM Monty McNair for a sit down <laughs> dinner. What was discussed at that dinner? Who knows? The Sixers played the Kings that night or the next night. Their old friends could be catching up. Could have been talking shop. Who knows? But again, Vin Fosh did not confirm this. And the other important tidbit, Elton Brand was was spotted at stake 38. He must have gotten the wrong invitation <laughs> for the dinner. So uh, I, don't, I don't know about that. That's unconfirmed by Vin Fosh as well. But um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, who knows, man, we'll find out in eight days what, what's really been going on and if any of these talks really got anywhere. To be fair, when I heard that, I was like, holy fuck, something's happening. But then I realized that the Kings were in town. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, yeah, all right. They work together. They could easily just be like, let's get dinner. <laughs> but but now they had to be talking. I would say I bet you he put in some, you know, it's like, hey, you know, hey, Monty, it's like a, a few tidbits of, I'm sure he slipped in a few talking points during that dinner. Um, it was Halliburton. <laughs> JB, as the, uh, seems like the biggest advocate for Halliburton, who had 38 points against us, who was making all his threes and looked awesome. Your your friend had a beef with us because we seem to downplay Halliburton. So is this news about the Kings being out of the running and potentially the Sixers not getting uh, Tyrese Halliburton? Is that a big deal to you? I mean, I'm just, and this is why I'm not a GM, I'm just impatient and I want closure. Give me a, a player and Halliburton fits everything I look for. Like, he, he seems cool. 
He seems fun and he is still so young and can develop into even better. Um, his main argument with you guys, and I, I've, I tend to take a side on this one because you guys made fun of me. Is <laughs> Bet? I feel like you guys are still overvaluing Ben. He he doesn't like playing basketball. <laughs> He's I think you player. you have a point. Two have time All Star, borderline <laughs> defensive player. <laughs> Cannot be uh, criticized by his coach. Does not like to develop. Has a brother as a coach, and that's his favorite one. That's <laughs> the worst part. I think that's the worst part. I have a. Uh, I have five minutes just as a heads up. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, we got a uh, we got a few more talking points, but uh, if we run long, you can always just give us a heads up, jump out real quick. So um, I'm going to move on to something that I want to get your opinion on, JB, before you leave. So I'm going to go to your first. Uh, the report today is that Bradley Beal of the Wizards is conflicted about a possible trade and that he is quote unquote, not rejecting the idea anymore. Um, this is a big change from his earlier stance in the off season and early this season that, you know, he wasn't even considering it. Um, are you, you probably, like, I probably don't answer, but are you interested in Beal and the report is the Sixers are and prefer it but are unwilling to include not only Tyrese Maxey, but also they are considering Matisse Seibel as untouchable. What are your thoughts on that? I, I'd still welcome Beal with open arms. He could be our loser. I don't care. Um, I Maxey better be untouchable. I wouldn't trade him for anyone in the league except Morant, and I'd still be sad. Um, I, I think the Matisse stuff is posturing. I love Matisse. He's so cute and fun and so good at defense but untouchable don't we oh won't isn't he up for a new contract like after this year or next he'll be eligible for an extension this year i think and then next after next year he'll be a free agent depending on what happens yeah i just like i have i don't know i've i've had a little art or conflicting opinions on this like i assume someone is going to overpay him more than we can afford um, I hope I'm wrong, and I would love him to take a discount because Philly's so dope, um, but who knows? Um, give me that deal all day. Take Ben and any any pick you want and any players you want that aren't Embiid, Maxi, and that's really all. I can. I'll, I'll throw Matisse on there, but he's not untouchable in my opinion. Um, before I jump and then you guys get back to this, I read, and I know this is probably the last topic, and I'll let you guys talk about it. But regarding the, the Ramona piece that is coming up in the next segment, I was on Reddit and everyone seemed to have this consensus opinion that her closing sentence of Ben still watches the games, it's still his team, is like their first step into him opening the door to coming back and playing. I did not even think that at all. Some people think that. I don't know if you guys have read that. I hope you guys talk about it, but I got to jump. Good luck, guys. See you, JB. Great stuff. Great stuff. <laughs> uh, Dave, June, we will uh, we'll leave that for when we talk about Ben. I want to stay the topic on Beal right now. Uh, I I think uh, JB made some great points about Thibault. Love him. Um, but you know me, um, especially after that two, after the 2018 Celtics series, I'm a guy who, like, I want people to do multiple things. And he is a phenomenal defensive player. But he's so limited on offense, I don't think you can let that – get in the way of 
Beal could be the biggest star we can land. Who knows? It could arguably be Harden, but Beal might be our chance right now to get the big name. I don't think that could you can let Thibault get in the way of that. Um, Dave, you heard what JB said. What's what are your what's your take? I agree with everything. I agree with everything JB said word for word. I would welcome loser Beal with open arms. I would give up anybody not named Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid. And I believe Matisse Thibel being untouchable is absolutely posturing. He is for everything that we just said, I'm reiterating at this point, but you know, he's undeveloped on offense and hasn't shown much progress there. Elite defender could grow to be one of the better defenders in the league, all defensive stuff, but due for an extension, if he does not take some kind of, you know, discount to, you know, sign an extension early, someone's going to overpay for him and, and we'll lose him for nothing. So I would absolutely throw him in and why not, you know, create the illusion of untouchableness to boost his value a little bit a week before the deadline. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much my thoughts. I want Beal. I would love Bradley Beal. You can Ben Bible, couple picks, call it in, call it in. Put, that puts Seth Curry off the bench in the Lou Williams role. Oh man. Yeah need that and also I, I want to sneak in there that there's a tweet today about the wolves potentially moving patrick beverly oh <laughs> oh baby you get me we walk away from this with pat beverly and bradley beal i'm good to go baby i am good to go let's win this title that'll be interesting um a lot of the bait today about whether brad beal is a loser he may be he's he is kind of weird uh you know has really dumb stances on a few topics but we'll get to the, we don't need to get to that um Anyway, uh, June, uh, Brad Beal, he seems like a perfect fit. He wouldn't have to be the guy here, um, be a great compliment off of Embiid. Would you rather Beal now or Harden next year? Well, why not both? Was that even possible? <laughs> Someone tweeted that. Someone tweeted that. Like, is there a chance Maury thinks he can get – Beal and Harden? I don't, who knows, but go ahead. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think JV, you know, put, put, put it real well that, you know, if Beal's on the table for 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 Ben and and Matisse, like Matisse isn't going to really hold me back from getting one of the best offensive players in the NBA, which we need badly in the playoffs. And I think Spike Eskin also covered Matisse well, that he's like a gadget player. Like, he's only good at one thing. And I think when you go to the playoffs, like, those gadget players become pretty useless. And, and we've seen that, like, from example of our own team. Like, we had a bunch of gadget guys that can't really do anything much. So, uh, yeah, I mean, feel pretty cool. Uh, I wouldn't mind. But I think the end goal here for me is uh, it's kind of hardened. <laughs> yeah. So you rather, <laughs> besides the both option, you you think Harden should be the end goal and not Bradley Beal? Yeah, because 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 like if you get Beal, I don't know if that opens up the window for the championship as much as Harden does. Yeah, and like it might be a longer run because Beal's younger, but I don't think he impacts as well and much like as Harden does. Do you need him to with Embiid? Beal, uh, eh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would, uh, I would love to get to dive deeper into this, but uh, Dave, I know you're you're against the time, so I want to get. I definitely want to get to the next topic, uh, which is uh, the report from Ramona Shelbourne about Ben Simmons and what he's thinking throughout this process. Uh, 
Uh, I'm gonna let you take the lead on this one, and then we got some burning questions. So go ahead, Dave. Yeah. So we all, you know, we all maybe read the article or saw the highlights on Twitter the last 24 hours, and you know, some of the big takeaways are that you know the, the main takeaways that uh, Simmons still watches every game. The, genuinely blown away that he's that he's tuned into uh, Kate and Allah on on a nightly basis. That blows my mind. Um, so you know, Ben is he's tuned in, and I think I believe the the quote from Ramona at the end of the article was he still feels that it's his team. He still feels that it's his team and he watches every night. And, you know, so they kind of, and, and the podcast today, they just kind of recapped her article. They didn't really add much new information, except one thing that I thought was fascinating. Woj believes that if we do not move Simmons and he does end up coming back this year to play for us, which is, is hard to believe at this point, he believes that with the backing of Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid, and Tobias Harris, if he just comes out and plays hard and plays aggressive, he would get a standing ovation from the Philly crowd. Now, this, let's unpack this a little bit here. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go around the room and get everyone's opinion. One, would you welcome Ben Simmons back to play? And two, if, if he's not moved, if he's not moved to the deadline, would you welcome him back to play this year? And two, do you think he'd be cheered or do you think he'd be booed? Nuge, what do you think? So I actually, I wouldn't throw the Woj prediction out the window. I just think a lot has to happen. I think there's a chance, and he'll never do this because he could have done this before. If there's a chance that he comes out and goes, you know what? It was the lowest point of my, of my career, possibly my life. Um, I didn't handle it well. I, I learned this over the past few months um i'm dedicated to this team i see how good Embiid is i want to help us win a championship and maybe he's like you know what we talked about this offline like some good some conditions um maybe he's off the bench maybe he understands maxi's getting the majority of the point guard minutes if he does a lot like almost a million things there's a chance he get a warmer welcome than we initially thought but the large it's a huge chance he gets booed. Definitely gets booed. Um, he, yeah, <laughs> he's going to get booed. Uh, yeah. Unless, anyway. There's there's one way he doesn't get relentlessly booed. If he just comes it, out that? and starts jacking up three balls, I think <laughs> the, tide, the tide turns quickly. That's the only way. That's the there, only way. There is a chance he gets booed and then plays well, and they give him like a, you know, a curtain call or something. There's a chance that right. happens, but – um, and it won't because he will never accept these terms or anything. And I don't think I don't think uh, we'll get to it, but I don't think he's going to get traded. I don't think he's going to play. That's me. Um, as for. Uh, yeah, it, I, I kind of answered the question if, if he'll play. I don't think so. I, I would accept him back. Like I said, if if he accepted those conditions and we know he won't. Um, so I am very much on board with the fact that I don't think he is um, going to set foot as a, on the court as a six-year guy. June, yeah. June, go ahead. What do you think? Will you ever s- set foot? I don't know. If, if that's like the last resort, maybe. Uh, and if he does, I think he will definitely get booed. And I think the whole Woj and Ramona having this piece and Woj saying that he's going to get cheered feels like everything that something Clutch wrote up for them to say so it kind of implants something in in some Philadelphians head and say, oh, maybe we should cheer for this guy when he comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's why you're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that was a bogus freaking thing. But, yeah, I mean, I 
don't think now it's like there's a chance he's going to play under his own terms. Like like Nuge said, there's got to be a lot of things that has to happen for us to even accept him and all that. So, but I think that's looking slim. Can, can yeah. I just add real quick uh, when what how JB left off? Uh, do I think that last part of the article was intentional? I think it was, but I don't read too much into it. I think they just put it in there as like a possibility because he could change his mind and say, I want to play. But we're talking about, um, Dave, I, I feel like you agree. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry to cut you off. I think you would agree that you would only take him back if he had certain conditions that he agreed to. 100%. Can we talk about how delusional he is? <laughs> that it would never happen. Can I can, can I really quick read some tidbits about in this article from a shellboard? I, I haven't pulled Please up do. from Reddit. Uh, shout out to... My middle name is Johnny on Reddit for something for summarizing this article. Um, just some quick tidbits. According to sources close to Simmons, he's upset that Embiid seemed to blame him for last season's playoff loss when Simmons did not blame Embiid for Embiid's poor showing in the playoffs against the Toronto Raptors in 2019. <laughs> the best player in the series, arguably, besides Kawhi Leonard, who was God that series, who was a plus 90. In the series, it was his fault they lost versus the Raptors. In game seven, he played 45 minutes and was a plus 10. In the three minutes he didn't play, they were minus 12. And it was his fault they lost that series. Um, Some more, um, he didn't dispute that. He didn't reply with Rivers when Rivers texted and called him several times over the summer. But in hindsight, Simmons feels Rivers and the Sixers could have done more, like show up at a well-known Jim in the San Fernando Valley where it, he was training. He told MB Tobias and Matisse not to come. Why would Doc Rivers come? It's he's he's delusional. He has no like he will never accept that. This is why I'm talking about. He'll never accept these conditions. And that's why I don't think he will be uh, a sixer. Um, uh, he will be a sixer after the deadline, but he will not play. Thoughts? Yeah, I um I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think. The guy is first and foremost to reemphasize your point. The guy is delusional. Um, I absolutely would welcome him back with open arms with certain contingencies, uh, which would never happen. But specifically, I wouldn't even bring him off the bench. I'd start him. I'd start him at the four where he's always belonged. Maxi is the primary initiator. He is the point guard. PG one Tyrese Maxi Curry, the two green at the four Simmons at the I'm sorry. Curry at the two, Green at the three, Simmons at the four, where he belongs in the Blake Griffin role, and Bede at the five. And um, Simmons, if he wants to play point guard, he can, you know, be the backup point guard when when Maxie and Bede are off the bench, and he can just go, 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 and push it in transition. But when the game slows down in the crunch time in the fourth quarter, he's in the dunker spot, he's in the corner, ready to catch and shoot the three, and it's Max, it's the Maxie and Bede show running pick and roll or, you know, ISO with Embiid. And in that role, you put Harris off the bench. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I think you just give to- bring Toby off the bench, make him the best the best six man of the year in NBA history. You know, just let him feast off of second units. Again, when, you know, when Embiid and Maxi are on the bench, Simmons and Harris run the second unit. And, uh, you know, you can throw it down to, to buy it, to buy it so he can, you know, pound the air out of the ball and go one-on-one and get us a bucket in, in the half court or Simmons just pushes it in transition. And I think that completely unlocks a whole new dimension of the team with Simmons at the four. Would he ever go for that? No, it's pipe dream. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's, there's no chance of it happening, but uh, yeah, I would welcome him back. However, I don't think he will be, I don't even know. I don't know what's going to happen. I can <laughs> I see no us idea. 
So I can weird. see us holding him past the deadline and going for Harden this summer. If we do hold him, does he play? Does he not play? I have no idea. Now that Ramona and Woj are obviously being fed this from clutch, it's suspicious. Or I could also see some, some you know, 60 seconds left on the deadline clock Woj bomb about <laughs> Ben and Matisse to Washington. I mean, I have no idea what's going to happen. So what do you think – was their angle behind this article? Because I think, and JB said this too, we think it was trying to make him look good, but it clearly backfired. And like, can he really believe this? Like, do you think there's any part of him that's just trying to piss off Embiid? Because I think we were talking about earlier how, you know, Daryl has Embiid's blessing to do what he wants. He's not forcing him to make a trade. Do you think Ben is trying to piss off Embiid so that he marches over to Daryl's office and says, trade this motherfucker? That's interesting. I never thought of that. We know for sure Embiid's been taking shots at Simmons almost every night in the in the post game interviews. Love so it. you know maybe this is a, this is Ben firing back, uh, you know behind the scenes like a coward, the coward that he is. Maybe that's interesting. I never thought of that. What do you think, Gene? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if he's that smart to think that ahead. Like I, I didn't <laughs> that's even... the biggest counterpoint I've gotten. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that way, but it's, it seems like Clutch is trying to you know. Uh, kind of make his reputation a little better, showing that he still cares about a team that he plays for under contract for, saying he still watches them and works out, showing that he's dedicated to this sport. But I don't know. It's uh, this whole thing, whole pod and article is kind of a junk to me. I agree with you. I think uh, I think him assuming he could play this level of chess is too much, giving him too much credit. So I, I don't, I don't think that is what ha- it's happening, but like, like, are you concerned? Davey said you'd accept him back under, you know, certain conditions. Like I said, um, are you guys concerned that Embiid seems really happy without him? And there was even a report that he really likes playing without him. Are you concerned about the vibes or are you saying like, if Joel accepts it, I'll accept it. I, um, I think, I think uh, Daryl, Embiid is drinking the Daryl Kool-Aid. And I think that's why everyone's saying, oh, if, you know, if, if Daryl doesn't make a trade and, and ruins a year of Embiid's prime playing like this, he should be fired. No, Embiid is fine. He's fine. He's come out and shown support for the current direction of the team. I'm sure, he's part of it is him, you know, being politically correct and saying we have enough to win and he likes everything right now. But I believe that Daryl has sold him on Daryl's vision. And, um, you know, if Daryl thinks Ben coming, if he thinks there's a chance Ben can come back and play and that it would help us win, I think he would sit Embiid down and and uh, and make Embiid realize that that's what need that's what needs to happen. And I think Embiid has shown the you know maturity and leadership um, this year specifically that he would be open to it and they could you know put the leave the past in the past and make make it work. Gene, what do you think? <clears throat> Oh shit! I'm on mute. Um, yeah, I think if uh, if Embiid is op- like again, it's probably I don't know whose final say it's gonna be, but if Daryl can sell to Embiid, it's like, hey, like if you if Ben's trying to play, like we are you willing to play? Like, and I think if Embiid says he's willing to, like I think it will happen. But if he doesn't want to, and Daryl can't sell him on that, then I don't think Ben will ever play with Embiid again. It's going to all come down to what Embiid wants, I think. And that's the smart move. He's their best player, could be the best player in the NBA this year. 
you got to go with what, what he wants. Uh, something of note, he has said in multiple interviews that Ben is their second best player, uh, which is kind of funny because it's Embiid's like, this is my team, but he's also giving props to Ben. Um, fellas, I know we're running a little long, so just one last question for you, and, and that'll be it. Dave, I'll go to you first. Um, deadline predictions. I know we don't, we have no idea, but I want you know, an official statement from you. Um, oh my God. I could go to Judy if you want to think about it. I'll tell you what I want to happen. Okay. That's good. That's good enough for me. I want Patrick Beverly. No matter I, what. I need Patrick Beverly <laughs> on this team. He is, we do, Furkan Korkmaz is our backup point guard. Yeah, that's bad. We, we need we need a point guard to back up Maxi. I don't believe when Shake if I don't know what's going. Is Shake even on the team anymore? What happened? Is he? I don't, I don't even know if he's alive. I have no what, idea. We have Corkmaz is the backup point guard. We'll leave it at that. We need a backup point guard who I would preferably can bring some toughness and veteran leadership. And my goodness, if the Wolves are really open to moving Patrick Beverly, we got to go get him. He's a Maury guy. Maury plucked him from the G League. You know, Houston was his first real opportunity, and he's stuck around in the league ever since. Is that junkyard dog guy? Oh my God, he is Reggie Evans times ten. Remember Reggie Evans? Yeah, we loved the crowd. Loved Reggie Evans, dude. We need every contender needs that type of dude on the team, and Patrick Beverly could be that dude for us. This he would be embraced like not many players that I can remember, and uh, he fills a need and. I want Patrick Beverly. That's maybe a cop-out personal ego answer, but I need the guy. I need him on our team. There you go, listeners. Who knows what the hell happens with Ben Simmons, but we need Patrick Beverly on the team. That's that's Tay's official answer. Jude, you can either tell me what you want to happen or what you think will happen. You know, I think from the podcast today, an idea has been implanted, and I think – I would like to get Beal this trade that. Yeah. Line. No, you changed like your to, mind from the middle of the I would like to get Beal too. I would like to get Beal I too. love it. Thought about it. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? Well, what I think really is going to happen? Nothing. Nothing. Like, we're just going to have the same team. I agree. This, I agree. this is it. Um, it's the I worst. Think, I think I agree. I think Beal is a great scenario. I would love for that to happen. Um, I think. I mean, we don't know, but if because we don't, we have no idea if James Harden wants to come here. He could just be posturing and wanting more money, like to make sure that Nets offer him the max. If you have the option to get Beal now for Ben and Matisse, I would do that instead of waiting for James. What I think is going to happen is I, I told you guys I don't think Ben's going anywhere. I think they're going to hold on to him, and I'd be shocked. Um, so that's my official take. So. Fellas, that's all I got. Thank you for hopping on. We have the trade deadline, uh, February 10th. Like I said, me and June will be on a flight, so there's definitely a chance something happens. I will not be surprised. I will, uh, unless we get a guest host, I mean, I I will not be on a podcast until mid-March. Shout out to anyone. Just reach out if you want to be the guest host to edit and upload the podcast. If there is a Ben trade, I will do what I can to do an emergency podcast. I have my phone. I'll have my iPad. We might have some people in the background. I don't know. Maybe some special guests, but we will figure it out. Guys, trust the process. Go birds. Trade Ben. That's all I got for you. Good stuff, fellas. 
Pura Vida. Enjoy Costa Rica. Pura Vida. Perfect. Love it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for hopping on. See you. See you guys.